0: back to the Ticket Water Cooler, brought to you by Wingstop, on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com.
1: We are back here on the Ticket Water Cooler. We're live from Wingstop at 29th and Pine Lake. Come try the brand new Wingstop Chicken Sandwich. Choose between any of their 12 flavors. The sandwich comes with two toasted buns and pickles sandwiches, five 49 combo with drink and fries is seven 99. If you can't make it out to one of the locations, you can order online at wingstop.com or use DoorDash and Uber eats to have your food delivered. I, uh, I had myself some nice hot wings today I, I I love the chicken sandwich, but like I said earlier, there's some, there's plenty of good stuff out here. The, 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 the corn and the, uh, the, the traditional wings. That's what I like to go with. Usually I go with lemon pepper wings. I've had those a few times. Uh, today I went with the original hot and, uh, it was a little bit hot for me, I'll say that, so I got myself a drink, but I did love it. Uh, it's delicious stuff out here, so come out to Wingstop, grab yourselves from lunch. Of course, this is the Ticket Water Cooler. We're here on your lunch hour every day, uh, Monday through Friday, 12 to 1, uh, and on Wednesdays at Wingstop. So we love to do this thing. I'm going to jump into some of the alumni of Oklahoma. But first, let's uh, wrap up this discussion because you guys were talking, too. We always like to get to the text line uh, 402-464-5685 and, uh, and respond to what you guys have to say. Ted says, honest question. Do you really believe this decision on whether or not we hire a new coach or not hasn't already been decided um i don't think so i mean unless trev has a guy in pocket and you know wanted to make the move then uh and is just leading us all astray um that would be kind of weird though because they are going to hire a, lo- a-, a firm to help them that's going to go on the books of the athletic department so <laughs> i honestly I don't, I don't think so i think that this is a truly a coaching search and also it'd kinda, it would be kind of it would be kind of uh difficult to do that because you might put yourself uh, in kind of a hard place if Mickey Joseph goes out there and, you know, maybe I'm living in la-la world, but it's college football. Things can happen. If he goes out there and wins seven or eight <laughs> games, then what are you going to do? You can't just, uh, you know, just take it back. So I think that they, they truly are going to go make a search. I think that was part of Firing Scott Frost early—that's um, kind of college football as it is these days. Is if you can get to the coaching carousel a little bit earlier, uh, it's going to help you out. So, um, yeah, I don't—I don't think they've got the guy. I, I think that the, the, it's still out there, and we'll kind of see uh, where where we go from here. It might be a, a guy that's currently coaching, might not even be on anybody's radar right now. Uh, maybe it's the next up-and-comer th- this year. You know, who really knows what's going to happen ultimately? I just think there's a lot of names out there, uh, and there's a lot of people that would be interested to coming to Nebraska, a Big Ten school, all the money that that implies, the facilities are going to be great. Um, And I think it's, uh, you know, when you talk about the desirability of the job, in a way, I don't think that the, the red... Big Red Inn quite flashes as much as it used to. That's not to diminish what Nebraska is. It's to prop up what Nebraska was. Of course, it's not the same when you're not winning three <laughs> out of four national titles. It, you know, it just can't be. Or when you're winning nine straight games for 35 straight years or whatever it was, <laughs> it's not, it, you know, not going to be quite that, quite the same. But I will say this. I think it might be a little bit more stomachable for somebody to walk in here um, and be the one that gets it back on track rather than, you know, we, we've talked about it in the past. I, I, I feel like this fan base at times felt like nine wins was a birthright. If you're a Nebraska fan, you deserve to have a winning team and, and deserve to complain about your two or three losses.
0: What was the, That's uh, out of the way now. You should be able to roll out of bed and win nine games in Nebraska. Wasn't that the yeah. longest, for the longest time?
1: Yeah, and it was. <laughs> That's what happened. Uh, <laughs> so I, I understand Turns the Turns out it's a little LA. more difficult. It is. Every program can, can hit a rut. Nebraska's been in a rut um, for quite some time. And of course, it, it's, it's been digging itself a little bit deeper. But that's why this hire feels um, so crucial. Of course, at any point when you're making a new hire, it, it does feel like that's, that's the time that things could shift. But um, it feels like Nebraska's. Uh, feel, I mean, we we've legitimately got people walking around thinking that there's a curse on Nebraska football <laughs> and that you need to do something to to get that out of the way. And you I have don't know how sacrifice many sacrificed Little Red. Right, right. Which maybe we I do stand that, but... by that.
0: <laughs> I don't care how many people love Little Red. and He can bounce on his head, as Nick says, and no other man. No, <laughs> it's necessary.
1: By the way, before we get back to the text line, how was uh, your experience at the volleyball game last oh, night?
0: Oh, the volleyball game was electric. It was the so. It started off crazy, and and the crowd was so into it. And Nebraska and Stanford were going blow for blow with each other, except for the fact that the service errors and just the, the hitting error, just the errors in general were – Everywhere it was a, it was a comedy of errors in this game. Stanford uh, set the record for for most error, most service errors uh, against an opponent for Nebraska in the rally scoring era, and mm-hmm. it was a, it was a record in the rally scoring era for most combined service errors between the two teams. I believe in, in uh, I believe for Nebraska. So it was just a whole bunch of errors going on left and right. Uh, Nicklin Hames ended up getting hurt late in the third set, so they brought in Kennedy Orr who started off hot and kind of helped lead them to the win in the third set and then she kind of started missing a couple sets in the fourth uh unfortunately and and Nebraska just couldn't put it all together so it it was an unfortunate game that uh John Cook said that they should be haunted by uh they had the lead I mean like 18 to 12 or 18 to 11 in the first and they ended up losing that just kind of uh, as Lexi Rodriguez said, they, they, she believes they, they may have gotten a little too comfortable with the lead and, and allowed Stanford to come back and win that one. So uh, there was some good, there was more bad than, than really good, um, but hopefully the nicklin Hames injury. If they, I believe they're going to continue to run a six-two with Kennedy and, and Ani Evans. So. Hopefully the Nicklin injury isn't too serious. We still haven't heard what it is, and, and they can get back to it because they have Kentucky, uh, national champion two years ago, uh, coming up this weekend, and then they start Big Ten play. So they're going to get right into the, the meat of their schedule, and we'll, we'll see what this team is made of. But I, I, I'm not worried. Stanford's a great team. Uh, Nebraska, always two teams that they always struggle with, Wisconsin and Stanford. Um, so I, I you would have loved to see that win, But them losing that one will sting for a while, but it shouldn't be, you know, the sky is falling.
1: Yeah. Oh, absolutely not. You lose to a top ten team, and and it'll probably happen more. The Big Ten is stacked as it's going to be. Like you mentioned, Wisconsin always uh, fielding a good program. Um I I like to I like just stay by my hopes for an undefeated season as long as they can that push is, it.
0: Yeah, that is rare. That, that But that that is, that's happens. asking a There's lot. There's a yeah. lot you play a lot of games in the oh, yeah. so that, uh, that would be I just cra- know
1: John Cook's done it before. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, well, at in, in the big the
0: Big 10, I mean, you night in and oh, yeah. night out you got Wisconsin, Minnesota, Penn State, Ohio State, Nebraska, like all these teams are are on different levels than than anywhere else in the country. So, you, you, and then you're adding USC and UCLA in the, in the coming years like you're you're stacked and it's going to be hard to stay undefeated.
1: Yeah, no doubt, but I I still like I just want it just because that, that's the most fun. It but would be great. it didn't happen, that's it fine and you learn your lessons from your losses. Uh let's go back to the text line uh of 2672 says, what does uh, – you mean what's the hype about Mickey? He's a solid coach with a lot of experience. He's co-head coach, and he gets to prove himself. So let's give him a chance. Frost had all the hype, and he was a bust. So big names aren't everything. And that kind of goes back to what you were saying. Yeah, you uh, don't Rico. need a splash. Maybe you don't need the splash hire. Um, but uh, I do think that you need – uh, what you need is a good interview. I still, I will go back to this, and I know we're talking about, a lot about Mike Riley for uh, just a random <laughs> Wednesday here, but I still think Mike Riley won over Sean Eichhorst in the interview process. Probably. And then the, then the opposite of that, I feel like Scott Frost probably already had the job going into the interview. Um, you know, you've seen reports about his interview at Florida didn't go as well. I mean, or, you know, kind of, you know, leading up to it, so... Um, the interview process is really important and that's kind of, you know, behind the behind the scenes of my wish for Urban Meyer based on just his <sighs> resume is that if you interviewed the guy and you said, This guy's this is this is not he doesn't seem to be the same guy he was. Um, maybe he's not as tuned in. He didn't know where Aaron Donald was a few years ago. Uh, <laughs> you know, if you interviewed him and it just didn't seem like he was he was there, then you're not getting the same Urban Meyer than you, that you see on the resume. So, I think the interview process is going to be interesting um, and, and can be dangerous in both ways. I mean, it can be dangerous if you already have your head and your mind decided going into an interview. The guy under-impresses you, but you, you just kind of go with it. Or, I mean, you definitely don't want to be, you know, they're great great interviewers. <laughs> so you don't want to be completely taken by a great interview. So just got a lot that that's going to go into it. So uh, that's going to be interesting as we move forward. 7754 says you also need to look at if Joseph wins X amount of games, including the tough ones. Could he have beaten Northwestern and Georgia Southern? Uh, I think if he proves himself on the field, you know, wins five or six games uh, in his own right, I think you feel like he probably could have won his staff uh, and program probably would win those games moving forward again. Mm-hmm. I think that this, this, this one and two start, um, the team looks completely different than the three and nine team. But you felt like you were heading down the same. I mean, at some point that five and twenty two record stares you in the face. It's just and right says, there. This this is who Scott Frost is. This, this you know it doesn't matter what season it is, how many changes you make this is what's going to happen with your Scott Foss program. So I think, Mickey, your hope is, you know, obviously that was the last straw, uh, could get those wins. Um,
0: Maybe it's it's as simple as just a a change in voice, just a change in who is doing the talking. I mean, I don't – I'm not going to pretend to know all of the intricacies that go into coaching a football team, but maybe, you know, the guys had just heard Frost's voice for so long and things weren't changing and things weren't getting any better that maybe somebody else doing the talking and somebody else kind of leading this group of men uh, through through the fire will, will do something that that will assist them in getting some more wins. I'm not like, it's not, it's not like it's that easy where it's just, you just change a voice and all of a sudden they start winning and they start tackling and they start shutting people out. But, you know, maybe it's something as simple as that, that can, you know, kind of flip a a little switch in their minds.
1: Yeah. And I hope to, I mean, they're going to be tackling more. Maybe that helps quite a bit, you know, um, as far as you know, yards after contact. Um, But, I don't expect this defense to, to make a big turnaround this season. No. It's, it's, it's really you're three games as as opposed to two for most of the other teams and you're like 115th, 106th. I don't know. I have the numbers right in front of me. But you're at the very back end in all the defensive categories: total defense, rushing defense, passing defense. That means you got a bad defense, and especially you haven't played uh, too prof- prolific of offenses. Um, I think Georgia Southern's going to put up a lot of points this year against you know lesser opponents than what Nebraska is supposed to be. Um, but that that team is two games removed yep. from a triple option attack for 20 years. Yep. Uh, I mean, so that that part of that context just plays into it. I I don't know, and especially with Mickey Joseph, I mean. I don't. I, I don't think. I, I think he was the guy to promote. But it is a bit odd when you when you take a step back and look at it. Is that Nebraska had a good offense? They fired their uh, offensive minded <laughs> head coach and promoted an offensive minded interim head coach. It's like I, 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 it, You know, at some it might seem pretty similar. You're, you're still going to have a good offense. Yep. How much is that going to help your defense? But um, I, I. I don't. I think you could probably <laughs> bring. And, and I know it's simplistic. It, 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 but, but football always can be broken down to pretty simplistic things. I just don't – I think that this is a, a group that hasn't played together. I I, I think with – the like a Luke Reimer can look a lot better with a veteran defensive line in front of him and a veteran secondary behind him. I mean, you lose all those guys. One player on a defense can be outstanding. Um, but if it's, if the group isn't all working toward the same thing and all moving, knowing what's, you know, what, what each guy's, uh, you know, communication has been poor. But, you know, kind of think back to like the 2007 defense. You had in Dominic and Sue. That defense was about as bad as Nebraska's <laughs> defense has had. You've had some guys there. Uh, Corey McEwen, who was, uh, was, I think maybe the leading tackler there, um, was outstanding alongside Stuart Bradley in the Western Linebacking core the previous season, Adam Carricker, those guys. If you lose a, a few really good pieces on the defense, that can change. So I expect them – I mean, they can get better, but I think you're in for some shootouts one way or the other, and that's part of the challenge that Mickey Joseph inherits.
0: Uh, this this defense is going to be interesting, and, and like I said, maybe it's as simple as getting back to tackling in practice and getting back to, to you know, thudding up more – hitting more in practice. Maybe it's as simple as, you know, Scott Frost said earlier um, this year that – or earlier, but when the season started, they were going to do some more one-on-one, like some some good-on-good, good, some some one offense and one defense going at each other. And I I don't know if Mickey Joseph is going to do the same thing, but you know I, I I do know that they are hitting more in practice. You've heard that a lot from people, and and today's practice was was physical and fast, and and they were doing all that stuff. So I I. I don't want to say it's as simple as you make one change and all of a sudden the team is better. Like you said, the defense is the defense is bad. It's been three games. You're kinda of who you are. Maybe you can improve upon the tackling, but for the most part, those those holes might still be there. Who knows? Maybe it does maybe it does get closed up with the switch in in, in responsibilities on the defensive coaching staff. But for the most part, it's it's an extremely hard situation to walk into As you said, the offense will probably look pretty similar as you promoted an offensive uh, minded coach back uh, up to head coach. So I really looking at the offense, I, I don't believe that there's going to be much change looking at the defense. I'm really interested, as you said, to see what it looks like.
1: Yeah. Uh, Let's get to the text line real quick before we take a break. Travis and Lincoln says uh, Mickey's title of his job. Hasn't changed. Correct. Yes. He's interim head coach, but he was associate head coach before he was still in the building this entire time. Was he just totally mute the entire time or was frost his way or no way the whole time? Well, listen, I mean, you guys know if you've been at a job, (laughs) job titles matter. Um, If you ultimately the head coach is going to get his say, he's the one that that's in charge. He's the one with the, you know, the biggest pay in, in, in you know, um, so, yeah, I mean, you can have – you can kind of try to bring in guys to help him out, but the head man's the head man. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, he was – he did have complete say. And, um, you know, if you look into it, I don't know if this was as big of a problem as, you know, maybe previous coaches, but um, Scott Frost, I think you could probably say when he came to Nebraska – you know, there's always this talk about would, did he bring a bunch of yes men along with him, I, which means you know guys that that basically won't challenge him. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're all his guys. That's I mean. So you have a few games with some outside influence, um, but ultimately he's still in charge. That changes this week. So I, I think that that is is in play. Uh, another text here from five six eight three. Mickey has fire in him, which we need. Frost showed no emotion on the sidelines. Like he was checked out already, we wish, we all wish it would have worked out, but this time, this is where we are now, and Mickey we trust. Let's go. Uh, I do think that to be the case. It did, especially I feel like the, in press conferences lately, Frost kind of knew the writing was on the wall. Also from 8550 on the text line, Nebraska fans had a lot to do with Frost's departure. You can't please them. People don't speak on the change that has happened. We used to get blown out in Big Ten play. Frost closed the gap but couldn't finish. The players have a certain degree of responsibility to the failure of them. Him as well and the, I, the, I, 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 I don't know how many frost supporters are still out there now that it's over but I I can understand what he's saying as, as, as far as keeping the games close um the fans don't make decisions
0: that, on on hiring and firing coaches I understand that the fans yeah. have a say with their wallets but guess what the stadium was still sold out every single game uh, uh if you look at streaming numbers on the radio it was you know top three still top two number one just about every single game like the, the fans did their part in, in uh, still paying attention to the games. And, and look, it, it, the fans are talking on social media or, or on the streets about how disappointed they are in the team. Well, guess what? They're still going to the games. They're still listening. They're still giving their hard-earned money to the to the athletic department. They don't have the say-so if somebody gets hired or fired. That is the athletic department. That is Trev Alberts. That is that – is ted carter that's the president the chancellor that's everybody uh, up top that has that decision to to hire and fire a coach and the fans the, not being pleased in a product that is winning way less than 500 percent of their games i understand i understand why they weren't pleased i don't know why you why, why it's you can't please them all i don't believe anybody was pleased yes you were making the games closer but in the end you were still losing
1: and to me again the the it, I mean and it, it happens for every fan at a different phase, so maybe you know some fans haven't quite got there yet, but the hope was gone that this program was going to turn around and that anything was changing despite all the changes that they made um, so I mean ultimately, and you know I know some things have gone viral over the last couple of days about uh, it wasn't just the losses, it was everything, but at some point sixteen and thirty one is abysmal you're not i mean that's 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 a really bad record anywhere, let alone a place like Nebraska. At some point, the losses have to be accounted against you, and uh, and they have been. And so now here we are with a new era with Mickey Joseph. It's Rivalry Week. It's Oklahoma, and we can't wait for it. We'll take a quick break here. We're live out at Wingstop at 29th and Pine Lake. This is the Ticket Water Cooler We're with you every lunch hour, 12 to 1 every day. Uh, I promise this. So we'll get to this next. The Oklahoma. I do this every week. Oklahoma alumni and just some of their more famous fans. We'll talk about those guys as we wrap up the Ticket Water Cooler. Coming up next, live from Wingstop, we'll be right back here on 93.7 The Ticket.